This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Our very special two-part episode on dating in a time of COVID. Uh, joining me, as always, is my friend, my co-host, uh, non-sexual life partner, Lizzie Ross. Lizzie, how are you? I'm good, Kave. Kave used to be my work husband. Now he's just my yeah platonic husband. Is that a good name for yeah. you? I'm not sure. No, I think we, we'll come up with something better. You used to call me little um, buddy. Which is weird. Little buddy. Yeah. Why? What's wrong with little buddy? It's like apostrophe L I L little buddy. Oh, that's okay. I didn't know about the apostrophe. That then I'm on board. <laughs> so today we are going to go over a couple of short interviews I did about um being single in a time of COVID with women. Um so uh three listeners we listened to last time. Um I had short uh conversations with them. They were men about being single. This episode is going to be three conversations with female listeners um, about what it's like to be single. Um, and it's funny to hear the subtle differences and the things that are exactly the same um, that they are experiencing. So um, the first one is Katie in Seattle. Uh, she is a writer. She's very intelligent and very interesting. So I am curious to get your thoughts on her. Here it is. What's it like being single in a time of COVID? Uh, as a 47-year-old uh, woman with no kids who is single, um, it's been pretty wild, honestly. <laughs> I think I, I've experienced a lot of just kind of projection onto my situation, I would say, like both projection and fantasy. Uh, projection by women, fantasy by men. And so I think there's 
I, I, it's been interesting to see all of the interests that you know people and couples have about what are the single people doing <laughs> and uh, what we're doing is we're talking about a lot of sex and we're masturbating whenever we want <laughs> what what is the projection by women what are they thinking is happening I think it's the, I did get a message from somebody because I, I finally posted something on Facebook that was just pretty general where I was, I said, single people, I see you, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and then kind of follow it up with like, you know, we're just, we have to navigate all this stuff on our own, you know, it's like we don't have, I don't have somebody else to remember to go to the grocery store when I don't or anything like that. Um, and so I had somebody who I hadn't heard from in a long time who G chatted me out of the blue and said, you know, oh, it just seems so luxurious. And, and she's right, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm fully aware of uh, the fact that I can do this right now and I can, you know, do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want. Um, but then the other side of that, that people don't see is how hard I've worked to get to this place. So I'm divorced. I had a pretty um, toxic marriage and had to do a lot of rebuilding after that. And so I worked really hard to be in like a safe, stable place. Um, turns out I didn't know I was creating the perfect conditions to be in a pandemic, but <laughs> according to a lot of people, apparently I have. <laughs> have you been dating then? I did go on a few dates with somebody. This was back in April. Somebody I connected with on Tinder and we hit it off but then but but the whole time we were also like it came out where both of us were like I was wondering what kind of person would do this like we were wondering that about each other like who is this person that would date in the pandemic and what is this about right um and then at the end of the third date, we just couldn't figure out a way to maintain like a good COVID bubble or whatever we're calling them. I have asthma. And so I think for him too, like, and he was great. He was very aware of that and, and you know, like doing things for me so that I didn't have to. Um, but I think for him, it kind of like spooked him where he's like, oh my God, what if I accidentally give, give this person COVID, right. <laughs> which is totally, you know, it's like, I get it. It was a bummer at the time, but I totally got it. How did you make that decision to actually meet the person? Like, what was that conversation like? It was very, I just, so I I sent him a message late at night and opening my opening salvo was, Hey, want to wrestle? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how I was feeling in that moment when I saw his photos. 
Wait, wait, hold on a second. What was it about his photos that made you want to actually wrestle? Was it actually you wanted to like, was it like, was he like, was, was he, do you look sporty? Or are you like, I want to put this man into a submissive state? What, what was it that made you want to do that? He just, he had a, a, uh, like a quirky, not, not, not like, I think it's such a balance for men, right? You know, to like hit quirky in just the right way. Yeah. But he had this kind of, I could tell that that would work on him. You know, it's like, I could tell. <laughs> it, it, it seems like it worked. <laughs> it did. So he messaged me like right away the next morning and, um, and then actually I was going to be in this neighborhood later that day to have blood drawn because another feature of my pandemic is that I've been going through massive hair loss. So mm -hmm. I started shedding hair in like March. Um, so massive, massive, massive hair loss. And I've, of course been trying to figure it out. So I was, I was heading to this neighborhood getting a blood draw. He met, he knew that's what he was, what I was doing. He met me outside the hospital. Wow. And then when he walked up, he, the first thing he said was, this is the beginning of a, either a really great or a really awful story. <laughs> um, <laughs> I gotta say, I, I'm rooting for the guy. Well, I was too, but he ended things. So uh, he's just a little yeah. bit scared by stuff. He was scared. Um, okay, so so we decided to be friends, and then we had like a, a friend Zoom call <laughs> to transition things. Where in the middle of it, he got up and was like, "Didn't have pants on." I'm like, dude, <laughs> you you can't do the like transition of friendship Zoom call and not wear pants. Like, come on. <laughs> Was he wearing underwear or was he? He had underwear on, okay. but it was still just like. Still, it was it was too provocative. Was yeah. Too provocative. Um, how was the conversation about getting um, intimate? Like, did you have certain requirements you wanted from him? Were you like, you need to be quarantined for a certain period of time before we do this? How did that conversation go, if there was one? So we never kissed. We cuddled, and he was actually the safest bet for me in terms of spending time with anybody. Cause he wasn't going to work or spending time around other people. Um, and then, I mean, I would say like the other piece of it was, you know, I was like, Hey, I get attached. <laughs> that happens. You know, it's like, yeah, we can do something light and fun, but I get attached, but then it's also like, okay, but then we're in this, pandemic where <laughs> there's other considerations and so it kind of forces this conversation early that's mm -hmm. you yeah. know like a, are we going to be monogamous conversation um and then um I don't know like something like that last evening we hung out like I could tell just something shifted for him a lot and he just called it um so then we were still connected on tinder and a couple weeks after that i was like hey can we maybe just sext and i got a i got one of these back super and um, i got a super long message back uh -huh. 
that was um boy that's not good because you want the answer to be yes and that's just be one word you don't want a whole paragraph or a page on on the response well the page is usually the no um <laughs> right right you know so it's like as soon as i see this wall of text i'm like wah, wah. uh but he said something about how he felt uneasy and that and then he wanted to be friends. And then I was just, I was in kind of like a hurt ego moment. And I was like, sorry, I have enough friends basically. <laughs> um, goodbye. But then the, the, the feeling uneasy really bothered me because I just thought, okay, did I, okay. I'm, I haven't told all the parts of the story because that third third date, I had just come from another blood draw. <laughs> so, so it was like twice and, and neither of us thought about it, right? Like He's, At this point, this guy is like, maybe she just gets off on giving blood. What is going on? Every time I see her, she's giving blood somewhere. What the fuck? No, getting blood drawn for testing because my yeah. hair loss. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's like, is this her kink? Um, <laughs> meet me at the hospital. Uh, <laughs> it was very strange. And so because just emotions and everything are just so intense and fraught and strange, I wanted to pay attention to what he said about feeling uneasy and follow mm -hmm. up with him about that. So I did. And it wasn't, and you know, so that, you know, the third night after I'd had my blood drawn, we're hanging out, um, we hadn't even connected that. And it just didn't occur to me. Like I didn't, he was so eager to hang out and so excited. And I was following that lead of his excitement um, that neither of us were really, Kind of thinking through much i think yeah. we just wanted to wrestle yeah yeah wrestling's fun you totally should are you gonna get back out there on tinder and and try again or I whatever mean, dating still, app? yeah i'm still on it um but uh oh so he declined my invitation to sext and then I was lamenting to a friend that I just, I needed like another writer to, to sext with. And then uh, an old coworker of mine late on a Friday night slid into my, <laughs> not even my DMs. He has my phone number. Wait, before you go into the story, let me just ask you yeah. a quick aside. As yeah. a writer, when you are doing sexting, do you have higher expectations for people's grammar when you <laughs> do you think that's a bit intimidating for people like do you like see a sex come your way and you're like oh my god this is just awful prose what is this this is i mean does it need to be a higher level of like care that goes into that sex so this is why i wanted a writer to sex with is because i mean i'm typos whatever we're in a pandemic who cares sure. about that right. you know like it's hard to type with one hand it is and then when it autocorrects to ducking like, try yeah. you're trying to 
type cock and it goes to what? Corona or COVID. Why is this guy want to duck so bad? What is yeah. it? That doesn't make any sense. Totally. Um, yeah, so I wanted a writer because of creativity, imagination, yeah. ability. I mean, you know, if there was somebody I'm trying to think of other people in my past I've sexed with. Um, yeah, so that that was an interesting So, turn. So an old co-worker, sorry, I interrupted you. An old co-worker comes back into the picture. I mean, he's somebody I've known and I mean, we've worked together five or six years ago and um, have, but no romantic thing in the past. Underlying like mm, a little possible, bit of Sam and Diane tension. Yeah, which okay. the younger kids won't get that. But yeah. um, <laughs> so, right. Our demographic is <laughs> some very Gen X joke. I'm not sure what our demographic is, but so they'll, they'll, they'll look it up. They have Google. Um, so let me, let me ask you with this relationship that you're in, is it purely functional at this point, this, whatever relationship you have now with this ex coworker, is it purely like, Hey, this is what I need. You need this. Let's just do this. Or is this a relationship as you would normally build one? Uh, well, I think having been friends for a long time and then like pivoting to, to this, um, I don't know what that means over the long run. He does live in another city and there's also a significant age difference, which I think is what held us back in the past. Uh, he's younger or, or older? he's younger. <laughs> he's younger. <laughs> Um, how much roughly <laughs> there's no shame I know men do um, this all the time you I know. get it girl you get it <laughs> uh, so <laughs> oh my god now you're actually making me worry Is no, no, of no, legal no, aid? no I mean it's like how do you put it so that it doesn't sound like totally out there but um, so he was born the year I graduated from high school that's not too wild. And that's not too. But when we met, like, there was, it was when I was coming out of my toxic, awful marriage and, mm -hmm. you know, newly single. And, uh, and it was just this, I was like totally attracted to him and also totally confused. Like, what the heck is this? Yeah. And it was apparent to him. And then, and then we just kind of, we just found our way through that to a friendship and we'd go to a lot, go see a lot of live music together and do other things. And that was just like parked way away. Sure. Right. Um, right, right. You planted a seed for the future. I guess. See, I've been getting pandemic ready for years. Is, now. is, has this relationship with this guy transitioned to a physical one or is this all over the phone? And if so, at what point would you feel comfortable transitioning it to a physical one in a time of COVID? He lives in another state. Um, so it's been, it's been just straight sexting, like no video, no phone calls. We did, we FaceTime maybe like 
a few weeks before we started sexting and that was just like although I realized I said a couple things in that later I was like oh yeah I kind of may have said some flirty things mm-hmm. um but so we haven't we haven't done video or I don't know it's kind of like I wonder when that will happen so in my mind I was like okay this is pure fantasy we can be in that space you know low stakes functional as as you said and then he told me he's going to be in town in July Hmm. and then I was like oh okay this has got real um he's flying here from out of state you know, he's, he's probably, he's not going to quarantine. And at that time, I mean, we have a date, we basically have a date on the calendar at this point. And I, uh, are you scared? Yeah. Are you scared about physically being with somebody else just because of the risk of the exposure? I mean, particularly with your history of asthma, I understand. Um, do you think you're going to go through with it? I am definitely of two minds. I mean, one is it's been a while. <laughs> and, uh, and then I don't know when it'll be again, but then it's also, I mean, I, you know, we grew up in the AIDS crisis and that was just the whole, like the specter of death there was, a whole thing but it was also like it's preventable with a condom you know once we learn that and now it's like oh is it a good idea to get naked with somebody who was just on a plane across the country and yeah it's a tough call i mean it's going to be a weird i mean that's a very interesting story i hope you let us know how it goes you have to give us an update on what happens with that but I totally understand why you'd feel any sort of hesitation on that one. I totally understand why you'd be a little nervous about it. Um, and it's almost easier, I imagine, to not think about it too much and just be like, all right, I'm gonna, we'll see what happens when that time comes. Because what else can you do? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, <clears throat> and I mean, I, I was, I've been calling it hornentine. Um, <laughs> Like my, (laughs) it goes in cycles now after a certain age. Um, but it definitely like, it like happened at a moment when I was like, Oh my God, I totally needed this. Um, (laughs) because it it, so it started Friday night and then over the weekend, you know, so it was just, I swear to God, like Sunday, and this is just sexting I had, and of course doing the accompanying acts, but like, Sunday afternoon, I had a total sex hangover. I was just like, whew, <laughs> like, I, gotta, I gotta slow down here. <laughs> I may have a problem. My goodness. Well, thank you so much. That's really good. That's a lot of really interesting stuff there. I, I mean, um, just do me one favor. Will you promise me one thing? Yeah. The next time you go to get blood work of any kind, will you make sure you call that one dude and <laughs> just let him know to come meet you? <laughs> still have his number just just to be like hey i'm getting some blood work i thought we could hang out hey <laughs> Anyways, i mean maybe you. that was his kink yeah clearly he liked it <laughs> at least the first two times um <laughs> <laughs> anyways thank you so much yes
And that was Katie. What do you think? Wow. It was fascinating. <laughs> um, so she's a divorced woman who's 48 um, and just trying to be innovative during this time. And it, uh, I love the comment of us. It's hard to, you know, do the sexting with one hand. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I don't know if anyone else caught that. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> I was like cracking up when I heard that. I was like, that is so true. How could you do phone sex or FaceTime sex while masturbating? And you would definitely need, I think I saw Sarah Silverman do something about this where she had it propped up and was kind of lying on her abdomen doing it. Like in this, she really has perfected, I think, the art of masturbating, but I'm not quite sure. Oh, man. Well, I think sure people have been that. probably getting pretty good at it even before COVID, but now I'm sure there's a lot more innovation that's happening right. out there right. because of right. this. Lots of innovation in, in masturbation because of COVID. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, what I loved, <laughs> there's innovation in masturbation. What I loved about her is that she sounds like super, um, and this has nothing to do with COVID, but she sounds like empowered. She owns her sexuality. Right. She seems really confident. And then she also seems like vulnerable in this way, like hurt by this guy who kind of uh, ghosted her, or maybe was creeped out by her hair loss and all her blood draws and whatever, whatever it was. But, you know, she's also like really honest about just, you know, feeling like this guy wasn't into her, you know. Um, anyway, she's just a really appealing like storyteller again. You know, I, yeah. I was kind of um, really captivated by it. And she's just oh, yeah. super honest, which I appreciated. So, but it sounds she's, like a struggle, man. She's super comfortable in her own skin. She's—I gotta tell you—she's she's very attractive and she's very smart. I feel like she probably intimidates guys too, which is probably a thing that like smart, pretty women always have to deal with. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do um, know what you mean. <laughs> I don't know if you know. I don't know if you would understand this, but. <laughs> Anyways, oh, yeah. to laugh. Um, yeah. so yeah, I totally agree. But yeah, it's funny. Even like, even though she's someone who doesn't really, you would never think would have say a problem meeting guys, you know, um, it's still a struggle. It's still a struggle yeah. and it's still a struggle to find the kind of things she's looking for in particular. Yeah. And she's willing, you know, she's going out, she said on a date with that, um, younger former coworker. So she, that's, she's willing to, to take the sacrifice that we're talking about. I mean, this is the question of, um, risk averse um and risk avid i guess people or just you know at some point it's been almost four months now of all this like at some point people are just going to be reckless you know that's just human nature yeah. you know no matter how right. dumb it is people are going to say i know this is dumb but i really need some human interaction you know um and I think that's going to happen more and more. Um, it's scary, but uh, you see it happened on day one. People who <laughs> couldn't uh, wait it out. And now I think um, by month four, I think we're going to see more people just kind of going for it, you know? And, yeah. and we don't encourage yeah. that, but that's... We, well, you know, I'll tell you, it doesn't bother me as much. I just don't think the risk is there as much as, say, with a party. I mean, this is, this is it's a chance of a spread for sure. Um, but there's ways to mitigate it, as we talked about in our last episode, the kind of things we recommend. Um, but, you know, I'm not as concerned with this as I am, like people going to a family gathering, not wearing masks and these people going to like concerts and, and not wearing masks so or indoor events. So, so what you're know, saying man. is we're trying to recommend to people who are maybe new couples 
try to have sex outside and consider wearing a mask, but go for it. Right, because you don't want people to <laughs> know it was you, but you also want to have sex. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, <laughs> so our the next uh, interview is with a uh, younger woman, just finished college, uh, graduated college. Uh, it's Kat in New York, um, and she has a different, a slightly different uh, approach. She's at a different point in her life, and I'm curious to know what you think. Here, here she is. To the bar last night, a wealth of drinks to forget the pain. Wondering what the world be like. Decision led to set things right. Wake up near the string of string lights, passed out on the floor again. Thinking how the nation's fallen. So, I'm a member of the class of 2020. I graduated from college with a degree in political science approximately two weeks ago. Um, and I will be starting work as a public school teacher next year in Baltimore. So the first question I have is, what is it like being single in a time of COVID? I went through a breakup immediately before this pandemic started, um, which was fun. I imagine. Zero out of 10, do not recommend. Um, are you, are, yeah. it, did it happen in any way because of the quarantine? No, it happened because of entirely separate reasons. The quarantine was just a fun Thing that happened that actually weirdly helped me get over it faster because I was like, yes, I, I could cry about the fact that my relationship just ended, but also the world is ending. Yeah, it kind of puts in perspective, right? So, yeah, it like so, my mom, yeah, my, my parents were like, you're taking this very well. And I'm like, well, yeah, because I mean, half of my neighbors are in the hospital and my dad's a frontline healthcare worker who's exposing himself to COVID every day. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's all, it's all about perspective, right? Yeah, exactly. So how is dating? So I got into the COVID dating scene with the help of my sister who was very like, um, after she broke up with her boyfriend, she was like, Hey, I, I downloaded Tinder. And I was like, wait, what, why? And she's like, no, look, we're both single. We have to get back out there. Like they made the whole location sharing feature free. So you can like date people from all, like talk with people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And it's great. So go out there and get some. <laughs> and at first I was like, pass. <laughs> then I got super bored as one does in quarantine. And I was like, look, like I'm doing my classes on Zoom. I have a lot of extra time that I wouldn't otherwise have. And normally that time would be filled with, you know, doing fun college student stuff. Obviously that's not possible. So I started not really dating people on Tinder. It was mostly just like, oh, hey, we got mashed with each other and you're from France. Uh -huh. That's cool. And we're both in quarantine. What are things like over there? So it was more like having some social connection, almost like having a pen pal in some situations more than it was about yeah. finding romantic love. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there were some uh, like casual sexy things going on, which when I got super bored, I may have participated in. Had a torrid affair with like someone in Brazil that lasted about a week before... <laughs> <laughs> it was like, look, this is kind of awkward. And I was like, yeah. And 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I, I get know, it. This is just a quarantine thing, right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> is there anyone that you have met in person? Well, you, no. Would there, you be willing to do that? Yes. Um, there's one uh, actually kind of close uh, friendship that I formed with someone who uh, I met online, although I didn't meet them on Tinder. I met them on, so I'm uh, gay, obviously, and I'm Catholic, which is very dicey at the best of times um, because, you know, the Catholic Church isn't super okay with homosexuality, but we do exist, and there are, like, enough of us that, like, we form these small little enclaves online. Mm -hmm. And there are like a few parishes that have like LGBT ministries that are affirming, uh, mostly in major metro metropolitan centers like New York and San Francisco. Uh, and of course, all those got shut down because of the pandemic. So there's this one ministry, I'm not going to say the name of it because uh, the fact that this exists is kind of controversial. Mm -hmm. And I don't want the people running this ministry to get doxxed, which is an actual possibility. Uh, but anyway, like it was this Slack group and I started talking to another person um, in it. Uh, I'm going to call her Mary, who was also queer and Catholic and in quarantine with her family. Although her situation was a lot more dire than mine because my parents are like, I live in New York City. My parents are pretty accepting. Um, and she was in quarantine in the deep south with five siblings and like her parents and they were not affirming at all. Mm -hmm. um, and she's like, yeah, I actually haven't really talked to anyone outside, I, outside of my family in like weeks and I'm kind of going nuts. I actually like wrote up some points about it because it, it was actually like the most intense interaction I've had online with someone yeah you want to um, you want to read it yeah a second i'm gay i'm also catholic which while it isn't unprecedented is sufficiently uncommon that it makes me an outlier both in my faith community and in the lgbt community as a whole um in april i received a message from one of my fellow gays that this small heterodox ministry run by a gay couple in Seattle had opened up a Slack group for queer Catholics. So I joined. Uh, this is how I met Mary. We bonded over the fact that we were around the same age. She's 19, I'm 22. We were both aspiring teachers whose burgeoning careers were completely derailed by the pandemic. And we were both holed up with our families to weather out the plague. Both of us had also been struggling with some pretty traumatic personal shit over the course of our time in quarantine. I had my senior year of college stolen from me and I'm in New York City. So I've sort of had a front row seat to a lot of the devastation brought here by the pandemic. I also already suffer from chronic depression and anxiety, both of which have been exacerbated by my time in isolation. Mary also suffers from depression and anxiety, but she was dealing with those conditions while living with a family that was both in denial about mental illness being a thing, while also being severely homophobic. Her mom is the only member of her family who knows about her sexual orientation and she bat she, her mom, vacillates between telling Mary that she only feels gay because she's scared of being with the man and telling her that being gay is simple and disgusting and evil. Um, and things at home had gotten so bad that Mary was actually contemplating suicide on a daily basis when we first started talking to each other. 
um, in fact, hours before our first conversation, she had um, driven to a bridge. She lives in a rural area, so she had driven to a bridge near her house and, you know, content warning for suicidal ideation. Um, so that was like, I don't know, it was interesting because we were both in incredibly intense places that I don't think we would have been in otherwise. Um, yeah, we ended up talking. Uh, we were both kind of the first people who we talked to outside of our families since the beginning of quarantine. Like I've been talking to my classmates in Zoom classes, but that doesn't really count. We've been talking about, you know, school stuff and not whatever was happening at home. Um, and so she talked to me about like her family issues. I talked to her about, uh, you know, a ton of my neighbors are sick and it sucks. And like, there's a tent hospital in the park where I played as a child. And like, everything is shut down. And like my, my dad keeps having nightmares about getting COVID and being intubated and like no one's in my house is like able to sleep very much and it sucks. And I don't know, I think I was able to be more upfront with her than like in the first few minutes of our knowing each other than I ever have with anyone else I've ever dated. Like I don't talk to people about my mental health issues. Um, on the first date. Or sometimes it's a no date conversation. I don't like talking about these things normally because normally they aren't as big of an issue for me. I've had my like mental health issues under control for like three years. Um, now we've kind of been talking like every day. Last night we had a sort of date where um, we uh, streamed this uh, TV series called Dairy Girls on Netflix. Uh, it's a comedy about teenagers growing up in Northern Ireland, and it's freaking hilarious. I highly recommend it. Um, and we also just started talking about, like, non-pandemic related stuff, uh, like the fact that we're both planning to be teachers and, you know, just post-pandemic plans. And it's actually been kind of nice talking to someone about that because, I don't know, at the height of the pandemic, it just, it was very easy to forget that there is going to be a post-COVID world and that this isn't going to go on forever. I mean, now the idea of that is like more like real to me than it was in say March, because in March it just felt like, oh, this is never going to end. This is just like the new normal and it's never going to be anything else. And where's then, and is this something with this person that you would consider maybe meeting with yeah. this person at some point yeah definitely actually we like already have a plan to like meet up with each other after this is over um she has a car which is incredibly impressive to me because i'm a new yorker and none that's of us right yeah, yeah right um, yeah wait for, so first of all you're like obviously i'm gay like i, I you know you're yeah. not like wearing a sign that says you're gay or anything i wouldn't know um but oh yeah sorry <laughs> i like thought mentioning the flirting with the girl from brazil earlier you like, did, i didn't i didn't hear girl i didn't i didn't even hear yeah. girl. but that's fantastic so um 
this when you do meet up with this person are you guys going to have some conversation about infection about possibly transmitting covid are you guys worried about that at all is it something that you guys I'm... are going to discuss so yeah i think it is going to be something that we end up discussing uh, one thing that I've been thinking about is like talking to any potential roommates that I have in Baltimore about the fact that I'm planning on doing this. I think a lot of like whether or not we'll be able to do this depends on how, whether or not public school in Baltimore will be like happening in physical classrooms or not. Mm -hmm. Because if that's happening, I'm not going to be able to like, you know, do the self-isolation thing for two weeks before meeting her. Right. Have you talked to this person about that already? So we haven't like hammered out all the details on that yet. But if we end up seeing each other, it's probably like. That's, that's something probably, you'll do. Yeah. Okay. What if this person lived within like a five minute drive of you? Would you be willing to meet them now? Or is this something you don't want to be in any situation where you might be physical until you have some testing? Well, right now I'm in New York City and I'm very cautious about like meeting up with anyone romantically within a five minute because I'm not going to be here very long. Like I'm moving to Baltimore in August. Uh, and this is like already set up. So, um, but if I were already in Baltimore, um, I think it would depend on who I was living with and what I was able to arrange with them. And whether or not I was able to like ask them for permission to meet up with someone, yeah, uh, then I might consider it. But right now, as like just the way things are in New York, and also the situation that I'm living in, it's not really feasible. Like something, I, it's not really feasible. What about how you? How do you feel this might affect? the relationship down the road do you think that this kind of online courtship do you think this whole extended period of like chatting back and forth texting each other do you think this will lead to better stronger relationships down the road or do you think that anything that comes out of quarantine relationships is bound for failure i actually don't know um i've been thinking about this a lot because I'm, both of my parents were working in jobs that put them at risk of COVID, my dad more so than my mom, and both of them are in their late 50s, and uh, both of them kind of went into contemplating their own mortality mode, which meant a lot of, like, sitting with me and my sister and saying, you know, I know you guys are only 21 and 19, but you guys should really think about starting a family <laughs> <laughs> after this is over. <laughs> Because, like, you know, that's what matters. Um, grandbabies. Grandbabies matter. And one thing I was, like, kind of stressing out about with my sister, I was like, how the fudge are we going to, like, find life partners after this? Like, I'm pretty sure I've been in quarantine for two weeks, and I already never want to go outside ever again just because everything's so scary <laughs> and you know, like this disease is so horrible and gross and we're kind of seeing the effects of it close up because, you know, one fifth of the city is infected. And like, just, I'm not going to want to date anyone after this. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not going to want to like try to find a life partner. And why would I want to bring a kid into this world or build a family? Like, no, that's just why that just it's seems a, kind of cruel. It's a weird time for you. It's a weird time for all of us, but yeah. it's a particularly weird time to be young and starting you know, your adulthood really in earnest. It's a strange yeah. thing. And I think in the long run, it's probably going to make your generation pretty cool having experienced something like this, or maybe a little something that they'll always be able to sort of carry um, with them. But uh, yeah, it's strange. Okay, can I first start by saying one thing? Now mm-hmm. that I listened to that again, now that we just heard the interview, do you remember where she was like, um, and obviously I'm gay, and I was like, wait, obviously? I, I, I was I supposed to, did I miss a cue? And she was like, yeah, I said it back there. I'm like, then now hearing it, I realized she didn't say it, so I'm not crazy. Okay, I just wanted to no, make sure. No, you're not now crazy. That I heard yeah. it ag- okay, now that I no. heard it again, I'm not crazy. No. Okay. I was, what'd, about what'd to, I was about to pause and be like, wait, what? She's gay? Um, She's... <laughs> She's also, I mean, she's in New York. So, you know, I think she said a couple of times, like, so she's like, I think traumatized, right? Because yeah. we all remember March and April, New York got um, destroyed, decimated. Devastated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and her she, dad's a doctor, by the way, who works, you know, with COVID patients. Right. She so said so both she, her parents are at risk. I forget um, what her mom does. I don't yeah, she said my dad more than my mom, I think. But I, I, I miss what her mom does if she had said it. But um, yeah, I think it's um. So she's unwilling to take any risks at this time for several reasons because she's about to leave um New York and move to Baltimore, and because she's traumatized. So she has a bit yeah. different perspective, um, which is interesting because you would think the young, younger person would be like super impatient, right, and kind of more. Right more horny you know and ready to go but um she seems like very willing to wait um and make very smart deliberate choices um wasn't that reassuring just to see a young person be so like smart and considerate i mean she's very thoughtful i mean i i thought you know i I, i've talked to her before on twitter she's a very thoughtful person i was actually surprised how young she was when we actually met right and she sounds like one of these people who's finding comfort for her own life and her own anxiety and her own stress by helping someone else and being a support system for someone else, which is just a really, obviously just a kind perspective, right? And that's what they say about like volunteering and helping other people is like you actually feel better about yourself. So it sounds really kind. But um, she said things like, um, I was worried they were going to get doxxed from the Catholic church and I was on a slat form and like, I have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> No idea. I I love it because you're one of the few people who's so out of touch with technology and what's like what the kids are doing that makes me feel cooler about myself. So that let me explain cool. to you. I wish you didn't out me like that. You just outed yourself, yo. Oh, and so okay. what doxing is, and I'm gonna, I'm our our listeners are gonna correct me. I'm sure I'm wrong, but what I'm pretty sure doxing is is when you reveal someone's like real identity real like address oh. real job stuff oh. like um when they're an internet personality and they get doxxed means like say like someone's out there and they put like a viral video where like um they say something really racist 
and you dox them by showing everything, like putting out their address or their job or something like that. Or the it's reverse, literally I outing them. I think so. I think I think the reverse is true. Like people are always trying to dox, um, like Antifa, people wearing masks and like and and Mm. tell the world who they really are. So I think it works both ways. Um, And and I think generally it's frowned upon in Internet culture. I I don't fucking know. I don't understand. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm like so far behind. So listeners, Lizzie had no idea. And Kaveh got it probably 80 to 90 percent correct. 70. Maybe. Okay. So Um, what's the slat thing? I think she meant um, Slack, like a like a group. I think that's oh. what she said, Slack, like okay, like one of those like group text things, like you yeah. know, like a, for okay. work. Got it. Zoom-ish. I knew that one. Haha, ha. um, in your face. I, I although I could be wrong. There might be a, something called Slack that I don't yeah. I mean. Tell listeners, please inform us. Anyway, and just to um, date myself, I just said in your face, which I'm pretty sure is like a Bart Simpson reference from like 30 years ago. So should we also date ourselves and talk about Sam and Diane for a minute? I like that that you also talked with the with the first lady. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, so we yeah. have one more, and uh, this is Lauren in Dallas, um, and I think she's in a very interesting situation. She cracks me up. Um, listen to her her housing situation. Um, and see what that's like. And she's she's very honest, very uh, forthcoming. So it's, this is a fun one. Take a listen. like being single in a time of COVID? It is so weird because I've been single for a long time anyway, since 2015. So it was already weird before COVID because um, my roommate that I've lived with since 2012 is engaged and her fiance lives with us. So it's already like a weird life change kind of thing anyway and then now all of us are inside all the time (laughs) so that's weird because like they're planning their wedding and I'm trying to like figure out what I'm gonna do whenever we don't live together anymore like they just had their one-year anniversary like of meeting each other two days ago so like they're still very in the honeymoon phase And so that makes it even like more apparent, like how hard it is to be single right now, because there's such a contrast. Right. It's almost, do you think it would be easier if you were living by yourself? Oh, for sure. So even though there's people there with you, it almost makes you feel lonelier. Yeah, for sure. Because they don't really talk to me. Like there's nothing like, like we're not like fighting or anything, but like they're very much like in their own your third wheel at this point is what you're feeling for sure like 100 percent, and that's really hard because like that is so opposite of what our relationship used to be like before she was dating him which i mean like things change and i totally get that but it is it's like it's still weird hey you're not a third wheel buddy you're your own magical unicycle Yes, okay. exactly. Um, there was a guy that I used to go to college with that he would uh, ride his unicycle and play his trombone at the same time. And so I'm just really going for like trombone unicycle man right now. Boy, is he still single? Uh, he's married. <laughs> right. There's someone for everyone. See, look, you're going to be fine. Unicycle yeah, yeah. trombone guy got married. You'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> so, um, so are, are you dating? Are you doing anything like that right now online? No, not really. I've really gone back and forth about it because um, being on a dating app partially would just be something to do right now, just mm -hmm. like swiping or talking to people. But I just haven't made that step partially because I've been on dating apps and I get bored super quickly because no one talks to you or that's my experience is that no one talks to me, even though I like, I feel like I have like good opening lines or whatever, like I'll ask something about their profile and maybe that's just me having high standards for conversations, but I'm over it super quickly usually. And then I just delete the whole thing. Well, do you think that so, things might be a little different now? Like I, do you feel like I haven't, we haven't interviewed a guy yet for this, but mm -hmm. um, I imagine that they still probably are just bored and want to talk to people too. Right. Yeah, I think that all of our standards are just lower right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've really thought about it, but like, I think that, uh, I mean, I've, I felt like for a while that online dating is mostly just not my thing. Like I got really lucky in 2015 and matched with a guy and we dated for like six months and that went well, for, like it was long distance because I always seem to end up in some kind of like long distance relationship. It's weird, but um, he was really great for the, like the time that we dated, but I just don't know like how many like shooting stars are you going to catch? I guess. Like, are you going to find like two amazing people on a dating app? Cause it's really hard in general, mm. or at least mm. I feel like that. I mean, also one of my best friends, like she has had mm. the complete opposite experience where the first guy that she ever went out with from Bumble, like they've been together for a year. So I think it's just different for different people. Yeah. It does seem a little bit hit or miss, right? Yeah, for sure. If you were to start dating, if you were to go online, if you were to, to meet somebody online, uh, at what point do you think you'd be willing to meet them in person in a time of COVID? Mm, I don't know. It's, it's so weird because we're at the spot where like everybody got bored and they just are acting like it didn't happen. And acting like COVID didn't happen. Yeah. They're acting like it's not still a thing. And that's pretty frustrating because I was talking to my mom earlier and she was like, well, like the restrictions have been, uh, they've been loosened and all that. And I was like, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like we're still the same place that we were when it started like we still don't have a vaccine or anything so i'm i'm really not sure um maybe go like sit six feet away from someone at a park or something but i i really what don't know it, what would it take for you to feel comfortable at some point in the future um being intimate with someone like a stranger i would definitely want them to like quarantine first like I mean I would do the same thing like yeah. let's not go anywhere for two weeks and then we can see what happens but I mean I, I mean I feel like I'm more worried about getting my parents sick than my parents are worried about getting sick because they're both 60 so and like they're healthy but like I would feel horrible if I was the one that got them sick yeah yeah so I'm just being super cautious you're in Dallas, right? Yeah. It's one What's, of the higher spots in Texas for, yeah. I mean, it's also like a big city, but still. 
In, in terms of how people are handling COVID in general there, are, are people taking it pretty seriously? It sounds like people are starting to relax quite a bit. They, yeah, they've relaxed a lot, but at first everything was um, really, everybody was really intense about it and everybody was, like most people were like pretty scared. Um, I live right across the street from a Target, so I just walk over there and grab groceries or whatever, but um, like most people I saw had a mask, uh, there were people wearing gloves, like they were cleaning all of the carts whenever you would walk in so that they were all like, everything was, they were sanitizing everything and now they're not doing that anymore. So yeah, and just like, so that, I mean, that makes me a little bit more worried. Just like everybody really, really chilled out when the bars and restaurants started to open again. So what's keeping you from going online now, doing Bumble or tinder or whatever that there are now i don't know i really just feel like it partially that too like the same thing with like living with a couple that's super happy um talking to all these guys who like don't really care what you're talking about at all and they're not like they're not interested in what you're saying because like i ask a lot of questions about people like i'll pull something from their profile and be like, Hey, I saw that you went here. Uh, I've been there or like, I want to go there. Is it cool? What was your favorite thing about it or something? And they're like, they just send me nudes. Exactly. They just do the <laughs> bare minimum. And so being on those apps, like it makes me even more frustrated of like being single that I'm just like, everybody out here is a piece of shit. Like, I don't know. It is more, it's more discouraging to me than anything because like one out of like 50, I'll have a good conversation, but it's so rare that at this point, I don't even know if it's worth it. Yeah, man, that's fantastic. That's fantastic for you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Cause I also just am like, not I like don't connect with people very often, especially romantically. So whenever I do, like it's a big deal. And it just doesn't happen very often among those apps. I think I've had it happen like twice. Oh, funny story. So I finally did meet, I think this was like the third person in like the second round of me deleting these apps or whatever and like actually seriously using them. And so I met this guy, we'd gone out twice. He was super nice. Uh, like we had a lot in common, he was funny. Um, we were supposed to go to, uh, he's a vegetarian there's this really cool vegan restaurant in Dallas that um, it's in like a, it's in some kind of temple. I can't remember which kind it is. So I'm not going to specify. Super cool. I've never been. Um, we made the plans to go and that was going to be great because it's like right up his alley. But uh, I'd been out with my friends all day before that, before we were supposed to go. So I was like, Hey, if you get off work early, just because it was going well, I was like, um, my friends are out. If you want to come and meet them, like I've told them about you, like, and then we can go to dinner or whatever. So we, we'd been day drinking and he shows up and one of my really close friends, um, I introduced them and she immediately goes, okay, tell me and starts like doing the fingers for like penis size or whatever. And I was like, I didn't think I'd have to be like, hey, be on your best behavior, like, just because we're all adults. And he was just kind of like shocked by that and 
I think he like brushed it off. Oh, she did that and, in front of him. Oh, she did it to his face in front gotcha. of his face. Because yeah. like I, we hadn't even gone that far. Like I have no idea. He's the one answering questions <laughs> if he wants to. <laughs> um, but uh, I was just kind of standing there and I was like, "What are you doing?" And he took that like pretty well. So um, they were kind of like joking around the whole time, and then she got offended about something and snapped at him. And then, like, this dude ghosted me. <laughs> we ended up going to dinner with two of my friends across the street instead of going to that place. And um, you yeah, did you did bring that on yourself, though. That was yes. a horrible idea. Oh, for sure. To bring him out with it, the girls after day drinking. It wasn't even like I think it was like three p.m. It wasn't even late. What did do you remember what they fought about? What the the inciting incident was? I don't remember. I don't remember. It was something super trivial. But um, oh, and then another aspect of it, like it it was it was such like a a not like it was obviously a big deal to him. I don't remember what it was, but um, there was another thing that uh, I took a screenshot of his Bumble profile and I sent it to one of my good friends that lives in Houston. And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, I haven't talked to this dude. He saw me, he just glanced at my phone, thought I was swiping on Bumble while he was with oh. me. And oh. I had no idea, like, because I, I mean, I wouldn't do that, that's super rude. We ended up talking it about it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so. But he still goes um, to you. He texted me three weeks after that, I think, and was like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, um, not good. You hurt my feelings because he's a therapist. So he's, he's training to be a therapist. So I just assumed that he would be like, have like a higher emotional intelligence since he's literally paying to learn about it. Sure. Uh, that was a mistake so too. He texted me, I was on a family vacation for my grandma's 95th birthday. And, uh, I was like, hey, um, like what brought this on? And he said, uh, because I could tell you missed me. And I said, did I? And he was like, no, I actually already regret saying that. So I read it to my entire family because I laughed so hard I cried. That's kind and, of funny though. He kind yeah, of it was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, and we talked a little bit after that, and then he just like didn't respond again. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, nah. right, right. He, he realized yeah. it was a little bit more work than he was expecting. I think so. Because, yeah. like, I'm pretty low maintenance, like, as a person. But, like, yeah, get that I'm going to have high expectations. Yeah. 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 Well, but, yeah. Anyway, it was, an, it, it was a good. funny ending to it. Well, if, Thanks if for you... letting me be on the show. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on. Okay, and that's Lauren in Dallas. Um, don't be disappointed that she doesn't have a Southern accent. I don't think people in Dallas actually have accents. I think it's like a super metropolitan yeah. area and yeah. probably pretty left-leaning. Um, I didn't even think about that. Not that you can't have an accent and be left-leaning. I don't know why I said that. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> hey, that was Lori. She's very cool. Uh, what'd you think? Um, I, it sounds really hard for her to be in like the third wheel in like confined to your home for a lot of it. Um, it must make you feel a little bit lonelier, you know, to see a couple. She's the newlywed phase, so I assume that means, like, 
alone a lot, uh, giggling a lot, hooking up, yeah, banging. Yeah. Like that must make it even more difficult maybe than being alone, you know? Did you like my line where I'm like, you're not a third wheel. You're like your own magical unicycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just appealing to her millennial senses. Is that? <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's, she's in a very interesting position. I don't think she's going to stay there for long. I think she's yeah. probably bound to move. But then, you know, moving now, move now yeah. is a whole thing in and of itself. Right. I have to say, since day one, though, you look outside the essential workers that, you know, it was doctors, grocery store, and then there were like movers all over the city. I never right. noticed anything more than I did moving vans and trucks um, back in March, April, May, and obviously now. Yeah. But um, I enjoyed her story, which I guess is not necessarily COVID related, of me like introducing a very new boyfriend to like a group of her drunk friends. Like, oh, yeah. Can we talk about that? What is, that's, I, you know what, Lauren, if you're listening, I don't think I gave you enough grief for this. What a bad <laughs> move that was. That was messed up, right? That yeah, set that's that guy not up to kind. fail. There was, yeah. there was no way for him to win. Yeah. It's always hard to meet like a really good friend's like boyfriend for the first time. You know, it's like yeah. stressful for everyone, I think. And then like these women are like wasted. So I guess they have a little bit of an advantage. But it doesn't sound like it was fun for anyone, really. Oh, <laughs> so, no, it was awful. And yeah. her friends just sound, her friends sound like a mess. Yeah. Oh my God. We, you, oh, we all know that one friend. She's mm. like the drunken mess who's just going to like totally salt her friend's game and just be like, so you guys fucking yet. Oh my God. And if you are, oh, and just make super, make everyone super uncomfortable. Oh, you know who just, that is. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, a couple years ago, not even a couple, maybe one year ago, uh, that happened to me. I brought Tyler to a friend's birthday. And a woman I've met maybe six T times. Tyler's your Tyler's your live-in boyfriend for Sorry. our listeners who don't know yet. He's like a he should be a part of the show at some point. But yes, he's, he's yeah. your live-in your boy toy as I like my to call him. My, my live-in boy toy exactly. That's what I call him. Um, so I went to a friend's birthday party and I brought him, um, and a bunch of people were meeting him for the first time. And this woman who'd only met me five or six times was wasted and went up to him and was like. Do you know what you have here? Do you know how Ugh. great she is? What Ugh. are you are you sure? Like what are your intentions? And I was like, this would be funny if it was like my sister or my best friend or Kave or something, but like this It'd is be a funny girl. if it was me cuz I'd be <laughs> making it funny. This person was I'm not sure. being ironic. She wasn't. She was being very serious and I'm like, should I be flattered or pissed? Cuz I'm a little bit of both that she like adores me so much and she barely knows me, but I'm mostly pissed cuz she was just drunk and doesn't really know me. So <laughs> I was really embarrassed. That was a, you know, a bad scenario, which sounds like that's exactly what she brought her new yeah. boyfriend into. What situation she brought her new boyfriend into? Yeah. I don't think he was even a boyfriend at the time. I think he was literally like a guy she'd just been like chatting up. Right. 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 Um, oh, right. Oh, my God. And her friend went like this, like hand gestured, like how yeah. big his penis is. Boy, what a, what a tough one. Anyways, yeah. so um, I think after hearing all six of those uh, interviews again, I can safely say that nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> nobody knows what's, what, what to do in, in a time uh, of being single in COVID. It's the Wild West out there. I think there's probably some people who are learning to work the system very well and probably doing very well with it. Um, and I think most of the people out there are just trying to get by. And um, I feel for them. 
if people like this, maybe we'll do it again. I don't know. I'm sure there's more stories yeah. out there. A lot of people reached out once I opened up when I opened up yeah. on Twitter asking for stories. A lot yeah. of people reached out saying they wanted to share. You did. You did a great job with the interviews. Um, so thank you. And these folks who shared really were so grateful. Those are like great, honest, really helpful stories for I think a lot of other people to listen to. Um, and lastly. It does make me very grateful that I'm not in their position right now and that I, you know, that Tyler did move in before all this. Um, you know, it makes you grateful for being in a relationship and having maybe a social bubble that you feel comfortable and safe in because um, I think dating, I see how it could be fun. I hope people are having fun, but I can also see how it could be really stressful and such a hard decision about when to break down that last um, barrier of physical contact. So... I have a lot of respect and appreciation for all the folks out there who are trying to do it. So power to you. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who uh, agreed to be interviewed. Um, would love to get follow up. I'm, I'm waiting for um, Katie in Seattle to let me know how it goes. He's coming in that one the younger oh, yeah. guy, ex coworker yeah. is coming in. I think next week we'll find out. I'm going to, we'll catch up with the other guys too and see uh, what's changed. And um, stay tuned again, as always. If you want to reach us, find us at Twitter at the House of Pod, and you can find us, uh, email us at hopquestions at gmail.com. That's hopquestions at gmail.com. If you haven't already, follow us, like us, subscribe on iTunes, and rate and review the show. Most importantly, uh, listen, tell your friends. We really appreciate it. Uh, anything else you want to plug, Lizzie? Wear your masks. Boom. Done. Bye, everyone. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified health care provider for your specific health care needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.